You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business, and we are exposing secrets tonight. So let's kick it off with my fellow co-host, Nate the Professor Christian. Hi, Nate. Hey, Mike. We're exposing secrets? That sounds sounds intense. Well, that's how we do here on the Dynasty Rewind, and joining us to expose some secrets as well, we got Chev and Nooney. What's up, Chev? If you have any secrets on how to not crash your computer, we're going to need those ASAP. I could yes. use those. <laughs> yes. If you are an IT individual that would love to help out the Dynasty Rewind, please DM us, Instagram, Twitter, dynastyrewind.gmail.com. We would love some assistance, specifically the professor, but that's why he's going to talk about one frequently asked question that we get so let's talk about it nate what is the question that you receive and what are you doing about it yeah so a question that we get relatively often is should i prioritize trading for young players with high potential or establish veterans with a proven track record you know do i want to go after the young guys or do i want to go after the veterans who you know i feel more confident about as you know getting that production well i'm here to tell you the answer is Yes, both. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why, because you're like, well, I can't do that. I can't just go out and get all the good young players and get all the high producing veterans. Well, of course not. It's all about a balance. And, you know, one of the best ways to do this, you got to find that balance where you have the young players with high potential that are going to be that next wave after your current veterans and, you know, your current high producers. So you have your wide receivers, you know, who are 27, 28, 29 years old. You know, they're putting up the big weeks, week in and week out. Those are the guys you're putting in a starting lineup. Guys like Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims, hopefully for contending team, you're not starting those players in your lineup, but those are the players you're counting on maybe to be the wide receivers in your lineup, you know, next year or, you know, two years from now. And, and that works for you. That gives you depth. That gives you a contending team depth. And that's what you really need to get through the entire fantasy season and get through the playoffs and still be able to contend. And also you need to do this between all of your different position groups. You need to do it with quarterback. You can do it with running back. Um, wide receiver is kind of the easiest because it's a little bit easier to project those guys out. You know, the running back situation, we talked about it all the time. It's so fluid. Things change so quickly uh, week in and week out once the season starts, even without the season, you know, between free agency and the draft now. Um, we don't know what to make of the running back situation just about every single team. Um, quarterback's a little bit easier, but in tight end, you know, we, we love tight ends here. So all of us have like eight tight ends on our teams. So oh, we're yeah. never worried about tight ends and if we have enough depth there. Um, but, you know, taking a look at each position group on your team, uh, making sure that they fit your timeline for your overall team, but making sure that each position group itself also has that young player productive player and that balance between the two. If you're a rebuilding team, then obviously your balance should be much higher with the young high potential players. If you're a contending team, you might have a bit more balance to the veteran producers because that's what your overall team timeline is looking at, but also break that down into each position group. And then once you have those needs where, Hey, I need to build up the depth of my wide receivers or, Hey, you know, I have two good tight ends, but I got nothing after that. Let me go see if I can grab you know, maybe Trey McBride. That's going to come back and someone's going to be happy to have picked up McBride in their league. But that's how I want to look at my position groups. That's how I determine if I'm going after young potential players, high veteran players, 
break it down into position group, look at your overall timeline. All right, perfect. Chev, what is a question that we get approached with very often, and what are you doing about it? Yeah, one question I get is, should I prioritize depth and a balanced roster or focus on acquiring star players? You know, as good as it is to have all these stud players on your team, I like in Dynasty to have a good amount of depth. We're seeing it right now where we, we just lost Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, uh, who's else not playing? Miles Sanders isn't playing great. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's out. Like, there's so many good running backs that are out. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter if you have the stars at that position. I think at wide receiver, having the stars means a good amount. But I'd much rather have depth pieces all around just in case these injuries come up or suspension and whatnot with Alvin Kamara comes up. You still have somebody that can fit in and just handle the weeks until you get those guys back. Because it can go really south four weeks down the line if you didn't have a replacement for Jonathan Taylor. Maybe you picked up Zach Moss. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you picked up Joshua Kelly. But sometimes those players don't work out as well. So it's always nice to have a lot more depth guys that you can count on that have decent roles already in the offense and you know just having players that you can fit into your lineup and continue to just turn points so you know just finding players that have consistent roles in an offense like Jalen Warren's a guy right now who I think has a consistent role in the passing game for the Pittsburgh Steelers mm -hmm. I love what he's been able to do so far I mean is it gonna be 30 points a game no but I mean he's looking at possibly 10 points a game just in receiving alone. And he's had good rushing attempts as well. So Jalen Warren's a guy that I would like to have on my depth. We talked about him a lot this off season. You know, I just want to find players that are versatile as well, not limited to one skill set. Yeah. It's great if they can run the football, but if they can't block in passing downs or catch the football, there's really no point to them. They're only going to get one or two touches in that drive. And then it, when it comes down to it, when we have a Jalen Warren or a Chuba Hubbard, where two-minute drill comes up, they're out on the field catching passes. I mean, last night we saw Chuba Hubbard get like four or five catches in the last two minutes of the game there. So, I mean, that's a lot of points given being had for a player that, you know, he is a good rusher and he is a good pass catcher, and that benefited him last week or this last week. So I, I really think having depth is the way to go, you know, in redraft Yes, having those star players probably matters a little bit more, but I like to have that depth and dynasty to get me through the injuries and get me moving forward in the fantasy season. All right, perfect. So another question that we get approached with a significant amount of time, what are some mistakes to avoid when trading a dynasty leagues? Now, this is kind of a very, very open-ended question, but I'll just tell you mm -hmm. what I tell a lot of people. And, you know, it's always been said, draft best available and trade for need. It's a good strategy, but it's also important how you implement it, okay? Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you properly align your values. Never send your best offer first. Got to be able to negotiate, okay? Yeah. And be prepared to counter, be prepared to engage with your trade partner. The biggest mistake I see and discuss with people is to make sure that the player you want to acquire makes sense for your team. If you're not competing, please don't trade for Josh Allen or Justin Jefferson. Why, why would you do that? People are like, I really want just, you know, Josh Allen on my team. He's a guy that for whatever reason, like last year, I got a lot is I really want Josh Allen. I get it. Josh Allen is a fantastic player, but he might not make sense for you right now. It might be better to buy a more, 
depressed value quarterback like a Jared Goff or mm-hmm. Jordan Love, although Jordan Love's been playing extremely well, so his value is definitely going up. So don't just reach for the stars right away. Look for good value and upside if you're rebuilding. But look, if this player is the missing piece, guess what? You don't have to dumpster dive anymore. You can go for it. Go for the championship run. Don't mortgage your future until it's time to do so. There's a time and a place, and I hate to say you'll know, but you'll start to see the trends. You'll start to be winning games. You're blowing people out week in and week out, and you just need that one piece to secure it. That's when you go for it, and that's when you're going to go for this. A word from our sponsors. We will be right back. Thinking about which rookies to target in your fantasy football draft? Look no further than the NFL Mock Draft Database. We are your home for all things NFL Mock Drafts by sourcing experts and analysts from all over the internet. NFL Mock Draft Database also offers users an ever-changing consensus player rankings to keep you informed on the incoming draft class as you build your dynasty team. Think you have what it takes to be a GM in the NFL? Give our free NFL Mock Draft Simulator a spin, which offers many features such as pick trading, historical draft years, and more. Join us at www.nflmockdraftdatabase.com or follow us on X at underscore mock drafts. All right, fantastic, everyone. Nate, what is another question that you'd like to tackle that we get quite often? But you got to unmute yourself first, my uh, friend. You know, I've had, I had a lot of difficulties tonight. Um, You're getting through it, though. You're doing a great job. I think there was a firework down the street a little bit ago while Chef was talking. I don't know if you heard it, so I muted myself. Did not hear it. It's chaos around here. It's, it's not the whole July, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's just a random Tuesday night. Probably celebrating the XFL news today, I imagine. Oh, what was the XFL news, Chef? Share us. Uh, apparently, them and the USFL are going to come together, possibly, and put on a better uh, program for people, maybe. We'll see. Oh, well, we love that around here. Go Defenders. Yeah. Let's win it this time. <laughs> Would love to see that. But, Catch me at a Defenders game next year. Oh, we'll be there. We'll be there. So I get a, you know, a lot of people ask, how do I approach trading with a team that's in a different timeline? What's, what, you know, they have different urgency to win, you know, whether you're a contending team trading with a rebuilding team, whether you're a rebuilding team trading with a contending team. Once you get to week four, five, six, when people start to make that active decision of, all right, I'm going to start looking towards next year. Other guys are like, Hey, this is the year I'm going to be a contender. I'm going to be in the championship game. Let's make it happen. This is when trading really opens up. And this is when you can make a lot of deals because I think we've all realized at this point that to trade, you need both parties to agree to it. And, you know, I'll be honest, I play in some leagues where there are some people I know I can trade with. I usually get a deal. There's a couple people out there. But most of the time, I got to make you a deal that makes your team better, just like I'm making a deal that makes my team better. Mm hmm. When you find someone that's on a different trajectory than you, it makes it that much easier to come to terms for a deal because you guys are valuing things differently. And because of that, you're able to find more middle ground. You know, it sounds backwards because you think that people valuing things differently would, uh, you know, be more apart. But, you know, if I'm a contending team, you're a contending team. Hey, you know, I got Keenan Allen on my team. I don't really want to trade him to your team for – you know, a, a second round pick because I need him in my lineup. And also if I trade him to you, I'm helping you. I, I don't want to make that trade. But if I'm a rebuilding team 
I got Keenan Allen on my lineup, and a contending team offers me a second, and I don't know, Josh Downs maybe. Second in Josh Downs. Uh, I think you might go to get more. I don't know. That's, that seems about reasonable, right, guys? Josh Downs in the second for Keenan Allen-ish. You should be able to get more for that production. But yeah. let's just say that's that's what you're going with. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense for both teams to make that move. And, and that's what you want to find. So once you find teams are actively making that decision of, hey, I'm going all in this year, or hey, I'm looking towards next year, that's when you got to jump. And you got to do it right away because you want to get in there before other people get in there. Um, before they, you know, if you're a rebuilding team, you want to go get draft picks before they start trading to other people. If you're a contending team, you want to go get the, you know, you want to set the market price for those veterans that are going to be productive because as soon as you go out and you get Keenan Allen for Josh Downs in the second, somebody else who has Mike Williams, they want a first round pick now, you know, because they saw Keenan Allen go for Josh Downs in the second. So it just kind of helps you out uh, and make sure that, you know, you can take advantage of the situation because this is really a great opportunity to create trades when you find someone in a different trajectory than you. It's really easy to find something that works for both of you. Right, beautiful. Chev, what is another FAQ frequently asked question that we get over here at the Dynasty Rewind that you want to tackle for us? Yeah, one I have is what are some effective strategies for identifying buy low and sell high opportunities in trade discussions? Uh, you know, this is awesome because you get to kind of decide, you know, when you when you want to buy the dip and sell at the peak. That's what we really want to do. We want to find how to create value. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with looking at matchups against future teams. You know, some players may have played the Bears. They may have played the Houston Texans their first few games, and they just crushed it. And then their next few games could be against Baltimore, against the Steelers, against the Bills, teams that just have stouter defenses and are just a more well-put-together team. So you have to look at that. You have to see, you know, Will this player's value dip if I continue to have him on my team? Is this a time that I can sell him and maybe get rid of him? You know, Joshua Kelly maybe have been a good one. Week one had a great week one, and then week two wasn't just as good. He had a lot of touches, a lot of chances, but just never got it done. Those could be times where we could maybe sell them, you know, but now we maybe need him because maybe we had Eckler and he was our handcuff to him. Another one is, you know, just seeking the matchups, like I said already. Are they performing well due to players missing in their offense? This is going to go to, like, Zach Moss. This is going to go to guys that are playing now because their top position player is not in the in the game anymore. Somebody that, you know, we can maybe find a way to sell if they're playing well at that time. Or maybe it could be buying low if you maybe Jonathan Taylor is not being talked about enough in your league, maybe now you can go buy low on him. And, you know, you're waiting for two more weeks. I imagine he's going to be playing at some point this upcoming year, and he's going should be playing well back to the way that he's played. You know, also, I think we need to take a better look at what kind of play style will this team have. Once a team changes coaches and changes QBs and, you know, things go a little haywire. Sometimes the offense has changed. Sometimes, you know, the team's defense has changed as well. We have to see what those offenses are going to look like the next upcoming year. You know, we knew that the Chargers were going to continue to throw the football. They could continue to be a high-scoring offense. But, you know, what does that look like for some of these other guys, like Quinton Johnson? Like, is he going to be getting passes, or is it going to be the Keenan Allen show? We've seen Keenan Allen be that guy. So, you know, just really looking at what kind of style of play they're going to have. And then another one, another reason to do this is, is the player going to be a boom or bust player or are they locked in for consistency? 
We're looking at George Pickens here. Is he going to be a guy now with Deontay Johnson out? Is he going to be the alpha? Is he going to take over that wide receiver one role and take it away from Deontay? Or is he going to continue to just be that guy that maybe has a big game and then there's other games where he's just completely silenced? So I think that's what we need to really be looking at when we're trying to identify buy low or sell high opportunities. What does their value look like in the next three games? Is it going to be going up or is it going to be going down? All right, Chev. Well said. And let's go to our last FAQ. Should I trade for injured players with the hope of long-term value? My answer to that is yes and no, because it's situational. (laughs) If it's a short-term injury and you have a panicking manager and you have the room for that player, bench or IR, and you believe that player can make a difference down the stretch, I say go for it. If you're rebuilding, you can get a young player who's going to be available when your team is ready to start picking up team, like a J.K. Dobbins, possibly. Then this is a great strategy to implement, especially if they've shown they've shown flashes in the past. You know, if you're a contending team, you probably don't want to try to trade for, you know, give up any assets, guys that you're playing right now, or future draft capital. Be it if you think you're contending and you think it's going to be late still. Um, you know, you don't want to have injured guys clogging up your roster. You know, you don't want somebody else's injured players clogging up your IR. You want to save those for the guys that you believe in, that you believe can help you draft them. You traded for them already. But I do think that when you do want to trade for an injured player, it's really important to not pounce right away. You know, look, Nate has a lot of J.K. Dobbins shares. If J.K. Dobbins got hurt and I was already up in his face, he's a Ravens fan. He's mad about the injury for his team and his fantasy teams. These fantasy teams are not real, but you do have to realize the people managing them are sometimes. And look, we say, Hey, it's just a game. People get angry about this stuff. People get defensive about this stuff that these are their guys. Don't get in their face right away. Wait a little bit, watch their team, see how their team does without that player in the lineup you know, and see if you could offer something up to help everybody. Because Nate made a really good point before where he said, um, you know, you have to make each team better during a trade. And Chev, the only thing that you said today they'll disagree with is buy low and Jonathan Taylor. You know, buy low is maybe only two firsts instead of three. Uh, That might be the only buy low that you have for Jonathan Taylor. Um, I mean, obviously this is going to be as low as you're going to get him for right now, but still not as buying low as like, Joe Mixon or something like that. Um, You know, when you try to acquire this player, try not to move assets that you need during the season. Future assets, depth pieces, stuff like that. So that's all I got. I'm all about trying to trade for injured players. If you got the room, if you're not competing right now, that's it. Now I will say this though, Chef did make a good point. If you are competing, I do think Jonathan Taylor would be a good player to try to trade for. You know what I mean? If you think that your team's yeah. doing good because you know what he's going to be when he comes back, hopefully he doesn't hold out. I, I don't I mean Le'Veon Bell should have set the tone, like why you don't hold out. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Same. Yeah. So that could be the only one that I could think of that's really hurt right now that I would want to trade for. And unfortunately you could put Nick Chubb in that category. You know, if you're not a competing team, you want to try to get him. I still don't think you can get him cheap though, because people know what he is. And this goes back to a point I made, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Um, with injured players, you want to wait a couple of weeks. Like yeah. you're saying, you don't, you say, like, don't get in their face right away. 
you know, this is like, you know, you wait five, six weeks. They've been sitting on the IR for five weeks. No one's thinking about them anymore. That's the time you want to go get those injured players. Yep. Very good. Gentlemen, it's been real. It's been fun. And it has been a fantastic combination of both. We will see you next time. We've partnered with RotoWire to help you meet all of your fantasy football needs this season. DFS players, listen up. The new and improved NFL DFS lineup optimizer tool offers about 30 different customization options to help you build winning lineups at a fraction of the cost of most other optimizers. And for a limited time, you could check out the optimizer and everything else RotoWire has to offer for free by signing up at rotowire.com forward slash rewind. Week one slates are live now, so sign up today. And as a matter of fact, you could have signed up so quickly in the amount of time it took me to read this. Do it now. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for us this week. But if you're headed to a game, make sure you check out SeatGeek.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things live events. It offers the best price available. Use the promo code DynastyRewind. You'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't forget, if you want to play some best ball, head on over to Underdog. It's the easiest buy-in in fantasy football. And it's not having to worry about setting your lineups, man. That's what it's all about. So, again, underdog.com. Use the promo code REWIND. A 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Visit our store over at payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. That's where you find our roster reviews. That's where you find all of our manuals and everything like that. Head on over there now. Grab some merch at spreadshop.com. Link is down below. And we want to see you in our community. And that is patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. But... Until next time, everybody, for my faithful co-hosts, Chev Nooney and Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for listening.